Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in beautiful Taipei, Taiwan, enjoying the incredible night markets, the delicious street food, and the warm, friendly, hospitable people. And as we're traveling, we're uh, documenting our journey on our blog, social media, YouTube channel, so make sure you follow along on our journey at daddymorgan.com to get all the updates. And we're also interviewing uh, entrepreneurs, world travelers, and expats on our show as well. We're already at 440 episodes, and soon we'll hit that magic 500 episode mark. So uh, stay tuned for that one, and subscribe on iTunes and also on YouTube to get all the updates of new episodes as they come out. We actually publish a new episode daily, so uh, you'll get a lot of content to inspire you guys to travel the world too. Uh, so on today's episode, we are actually pleased and um, honored to interview our guest. Her name is Maria Celia Alamo, and she's the founder of Brown Roots Creatives, which is an amazing clothing line based out of the middle of the Philippines. And she has an amazing backstory of uh, leaving the Philippines to travel and work in Doha, the capital of Qatar. And she was in the Middle East for about eight years, eight years, and uh, then she ended up coming back to the Philippines. So we're going to be finding out about her journey, but also her journey as it applies to you. If you've considered living overseas, becoming an expat, starting your own business. So there'll be a lot of nuggets of wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Uh, so Maria is joining us uh, live on location from Manila, Philippines. How are you doing over there in the Philippines today, Maria? Yeah, I'm okay. Hi, Ricky. Um, thank you for inviting me here. I'm doing okay. And hello to your viewers. So yeah, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we love to start our interviews by always getting to know the guests, uh, by telling the story of your journey from you know, uh, the Philippines to your travels to your business, uh, you can summarize in about two or three minutes your journey. Okay, uh, basically uh, I am a, a former expat in the Middle East. Uh, I've been working for, for an advertising and uh, events company in the Middle East and I had a very good life there, but uh, before leaving the country, uh, I had a problem with the labor, so I had to go back to, to our country to start my own business. It's something that uh, gave me like the go signal to go back again and have a transition from being from working in corporate through entrepreneurship. Sounds great, sounds great. So I'd love to uh, trace it back to actually going to the Middle East. Uh, a lot of Filipinos and a lot of people in general, they dream of uh, you know, uh, traveling the world or living in a new country, but a lot of people do not uh, figure out the methodology and the systems and structures to make that dream a reality. Well, for you, for eight years, you, you lived overseas, and uh, uh, I'd love to hear how did that happen? What did you do practically, tangibly, to leave the Philippines to end up in the Middle East? Okay, um, Ricky, what happened to me is I'm handling a business here. Um, we're doing uh, advertising, and then we re I realized that I wanted to go uh, outside the country, uh, go outside the country because my after my dad passed away, I felt I need like some shake up. So I went uh, to the Middle East because my sister is there, and when it was supposed to be a visit, but I was hired after a week. So I decided that maybe I should try it. So I brought my family over after a year. And uh, I had a good life. I have a very good community there. I was bringing also because uh, 
the community the community needs some like entertainment and stuff so i was bringing filipino talents to the middle east before and we are all getting like uh, get, having a big family of filipinos uh, like gathering every month or every week and so it was really a good experience uh, we're also helping people like OFW to learn like the basics of photoshops and all in our community center so it was a, a very good experience up until the last year so uh, Maria most of our listeners of yours have probably have not visited Qatar yet a lot of people don't even know where it is I do know where it is because I was in uh, Dubai, UAE, and we actually had to transfer in Qatar uh, to go to the next destination. So I've only been to the airport with that massive teddy bear in the airport. Uh, uh, I'm sure you yeah. know what I'm referring to. Uh, but in terms of um, living yes. in uh, Doha, the capital, and living in Qatar and living in the Middle East, as a, a Filipina, uh, tell us about that. How was your journey like? How was it like in terms of living? Tell us about the good things, what did you like, and also maybe about some of your struggles. Uh, basically, the good things is I was able to have my second family there. There was a there was a group, the Qatar Filipino expatriates, that helped me start uh, my journey in the Middle East a bit more easy. And uh, because everybody was like trying to uh, make you feel at home when you go to to uh, Filipino events, it it was uh, like a breeze to 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 start uh, doing your uh, starting your life again in a different country. Uh, maybe the initial problem before was like uh, homesickness and all, and the culture is very different. So obviously, if you're very, if you're very like everything is lenient in like things that you 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 want to do, you can do anything in the Philippines. Obviously, almost anything like you can wear whatever you want. But in the Middle East, there will always be like some uh, stuff that you cannot wear or you cannot do you cannot see people walking around or doing whatever they want in the middle of the street so it's more of like a country that has a very disciplined uh, type of uh, uh, living or setup and uh, it's very quiet and there are uh, so many uh, so many things that you can do but mostly like for family because uh, there are so many parks and uh, places uh, really made for family and groups of community groups and communities That's it. struggles uh, uh, I am part of a crisis committee before in Qatar but the struggles that I, I felt is very like uh, normal especially if you're going to a different country is you not knowing what what things that you what, what things that you are uh, signing for like some of the people there thought that they're doing this, but in reality, they are uh, asked to do a different job. So I think the struggles is if you're not prepared to work in a place where everything's not clear for you. So I think that's very normal. So uh, the first struggles maybe because if it's work and mood sickness, that's I think the, the most struggle that I felt in Qatar.
So I'm uh, curious to know about, uh, you know, the status of women. You hear it in the media, oh, women are so uh, domesticated or they're, they're lacking rights or lacking privileges. So I would love to hear from your perspective as a woman. Uh, how did you feel and in terms of your observations, uh, your friends with uh, uh, Qatarian uh, women? Tell us about how did you, uh, what was your perspective on women's rights in the Middle East? <laughs> Uh, in, in Qatar, it's an open country, so I, I really don't, I, I haven't felt so much of that restriction except for the clothing and some of the things that you're not supposed to stay uh, very late um, or nobody is supposed to like drink or anything in the streets or uh, some stuff that uh, I felt very different from the Philippines. But... Uh, Women, they drive, they work. Uh, I was handling a, a, an office, so I was managing an office. So at least I felt that I, I am still empowered as a woman in, 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 in the Middle East uh, as compared to other, uh, other countries that are closed. Because uh, I, we've heard that uh, some women need to, uh, everyone has to wear a baya or that black thing. But we we didn't uh, we were not required to do that. We were always uh, uh, wearing proper clothes, but not required to wear the abaya in Qatar. Uh, so I know you had a little bit of a struggle, not a little bit, I know you had a quite a traumatic struggle in the yeah. last uh, year or so, uh, and I know I, uh, I had a chance to uh, listen to your story before, uh, but for the sake of the people listening and watching, if you want to share a little version of that one, what happened? Well, on the last part of the year that I was about to end my, my term in one of the company that I was working for, I was asking um, if I could leave the country or uh, transfer to another company but for some reasons they, they they brought my passport to the deportation and they told the, the deportation uh, center that I was not uh, I was working without visa or stuff like that I was like a bit of, I was like framed up for 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 some reasons and I filed the case against my boss and I, I won the case but the thing is I was sent to jail for less than a week um, to prove that uh, I was telling this and I was innocent from the from the thing that my boss was telling uh, the, the deportation officer so uh, to prove that I was guilty and uh, my boss got served so uh, basically uh, the point that uh, uh, the saying there is not really is not really there's no really no, there, I, I felt that there's no point of staying in, in Qatar anymore. My, and my son already left uh, the country. I was with my whole family before. So I decided that maybe that's the time for another transition. And for me, the only thing that made me more uh, stronger now is because since I know that I was right, I fought for it. And being a Filipina, I felt that uh, once you know that you're telling the truth, you didn't do anything wrong, you just have to fight for your right. Uh, you're, anyways, um, you think be proud that uh, if somebody tells you something, you tell them that no, it, it's not true and I, I have ways to prove it. So that's the reason why I felt that 
on the last year of my term in Qatar. Uh, it was not really good, but but for most of the part, I enjoyed my stay there. Uh, people, especially the Filipina, and some of the some of the locals were really nice to me. So uh, obviously you had a, quite a challenging time in your last year. Tell us about how did you remain positive? Because we all go through challenges and difficulties and struggles, but it's really the, the mindset, right? How do you stay positive yeah. and optimistic and uh, upbeat when you go through that kind of difficulty? And you don't want to have a bad impression of Qatar because of what happened uh, kind of in your last uh, time period there. Tell us about how did you stay positive? Well, first it was, it was because I'm a mom. Uh, I have two kids who needs me. So whatever whatever challenges that I faced for, for that particular moment, I was like thinking this will just pass. So I was like prepared that every time I was like thinking that if you fall seven times, you have to stand up eight times. You have to, you have to make sure that whatever trials that uh, comes, you will be, you'll be very, you'll, you'll be ready to face it because somebody's waiting for you and your kids are expecting that they will still see you. So I was a bit positive. I was uh, trying to be positive initially to even, even with all those uh, problems that are coming in. And I think that uh, looking at the bright side of things, I learned so much. I learned who my real friends are. I I I, I saw that uh, if you really uh, fought for what you believe in and for the truth, basically uh, that's your that's your your chance to explain to everyone that that whatever other people are throwing at you, as long as you can prove that you're innocent and that you're telling the truth, you will win. So from that point, after I, I, I got out of that uh, setup, I realized that I had a purpose. I saw the people inside the deportation. I, I heard the stories. I heard fellow, fellow Filipinas, what happened to them, how they were treated. So I felt that maybe I was like living a very normal life. That maybe this is my purpose. For some reasons, when I got back, my, my, my advocacy was to help women, especially the moms, to start their work uh, in the Philippines and, if possible, at home. Start a business, be a freelancer, do online stuff. Because if you're going outside, leave your kids and go to a country where there are so many cultural differences and you don't know the law, maybe... Uh, you'll end up more miserable instead of what you're, you're, you're doing in the first place. So for now, my, my, my positivity was channeled to a purpose. And the purpose is to be more empowered and to help empower or lift, uplift other women also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we've all gone through those dark times and then having that purpose, that hope uh, definitely propels us forward. Uh, so in terms of your journey now, uh, you've uh, repatriated to the Philippines and you're based there now. Tell us about uh, that culture shock because uh, I, I know I've lived overseas quite a lot too. I've lived in Sydney, Australia, London, England, Tokyo, Japan, and now I'm in the Philippines. Uh, I'm, uh, so whenever I go back to Canada, which is where I'm from, I always go to this reverse culture shock. <laughs> What the heck's happened? My country's not the same. My friends are not the yeah. same. Or they are the same, you know? Like, they are yeah. not the same and they're the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I've gone through that reverse culture shock and every expatriate who goes back to a country has dealt with it. 
So tell us about what have you found going back to the Philippines? What have you discovered about yourself, about your friends and people around you, and of course, the country as a whole? After almost a decade of uh, being out of the country, I was like a bit out of tune when I got, when I got back. The friends are still there. Um, that's the, 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 the beauty of coming back to your country. Your family's there to embrace you, to accept you. Your friends are there. Whatever story, uh, whatever, whatever trials you face, you always, the finish line will always be your home country. So I, when I got back to the Philippines, I felt that I, I, I can start again. But the, maybe the culture shock or something is more of... Um, I was uh, feeling a bit, a, a bit, a bit left out because uh, uh, when I got back, collaboration is the thing. When I when I left, you you're working in your own small office or you you have a small business, brick and mortar business. But here, collaboration is the thing. Co-working is the the place. Everybody's going out. I, you thought they're just having coffee, but they're finishing a big project already. And everybody knows about digital stuff. You have to empower yourself. You have to uh, learn more skills. So what I did after that uh, a bit uh, soul-searching and thinking about what's happening next, I tried to, to enhance my skills, attend workshops, uh, learn from the mentors, and basically be in the scene, trying to feel what is really happening because uh, if you've been gone for a bit long for for quite too long you'll really feel that they talk differently already whatever they're looking at or whatever they're they're thinking is quite different from the decade uh, before you left that uh, what is important to you for them it's not important anymore so that's the thing I, I, I felt that um, everybody's just so competitive and so uh, skilled especially uh, regarding digital uh, marketing, digital media, and I really have to step up and learn again, be a student again. So after that, I was able to set up my co-working, our co-working space. Uh, so from this small uh, co-working area, we were able to talk to some people also and and tell them how to start up and maybe uh, give them a bit of hope also. If you if you're if you're if you're not really that lucky when you came back when you got back, there's still hope. Some like a buddy can can help you. And I felt in this little shop that we have, that's what we do. So in terms of this current business, it's called uh, Brown Roots Creatives. I always like to learn the origin story of the name too. And what products and services do you offer? Uh, I know your clothing and other uh, services you offer your clients. So tell us about the name and also what you're offering. Well, brown roots uh, uh, originated from the word lahin kayumangi, brown skin. Uh, brown and the roots, so lahin kayumangi. So I just uh, had it named brown roots because it's very easy and uh, to put branding on it, it's very easy for me. And what I do is I make business in a box. I, I help people because I have a, a production area and I'm an artist. So I have a pool of artists also. So if you're like a marketing person or if you're an artist, if you want to design something, if you want anything, 
I can print it for you, or or then you can go to the bazaar, do a business, have your own online store without you having to fuss over the big machines, thinking about who will help you design it, and uh, not thinking of the big inventories or or, or the big machines that uh, you have to buy. We provide everything, the catalog, the how, to, how to start a business, the sample sheets, the forms, how to, learn what, what, how to talk about shirts, how to talk about the sizes and the colors. So at least when somebody asks us, how, what business can I do? This is number one. We, you can sell shirts without the need of you having to set up your own production house. That's number one. The, the second business is the co-working space. A small space for venues and workshops that uh, we're we're doing for the startups and those who are creative entrepreneurs. I'm more focused on the creative entrepreneurs since me being an artist. I felt that we need somebody who are not only creative but has the knack for business or entrepreneurship. So when I I met several people in the business, I was able to ask them to mentor some. Of the startups, so that's how we started. Sounds good. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I love how you uh, came up with the name, by the way, too. So, Maria, uh, we haven't covered this too much on the show, but this whole area of uh, clothing design and clothing uh, manufacturing and clothing sales, because uh, obviously, as a digital nomad, that's a great way you can actually make money by um, getting people to buy it digitally. I mean, buy it online, and now, of course, it gets shipped around the world. Uh, but yeah. tell us about this this kind of process of uh, designing a shirt. Uh, marketing it and of course uh, selling and shipping it. Uh, walk us through that process. How does it work? Well, basically, it's more of like drop shipping because uh, once you're already a member of the box, uh, like you're a BizBox member, Brown Roots BizBox member, um, you get a you, you get a Facebook store, you get a page, and we support you with all the the needed materials like the templates of the shirt. And then uh, we tell you uh, how you will order it, order the design from us. If you need our help with the design, we'll do that. And then if you want us to deliver it directly to the customer, once they pay you, you can directly we can de directly deliver the, the order to the customer. So there's, there's like a lesser fuss of like going around, going to me, or leaving your house because... If we already had this uh, understanding of what you want, your, your customer already paid you, because most of them are like celebrities. Some of them are like influencers, and they want to express their shout-out shirt, but they don't have the, 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 the machine or the production house do it. So what I do, I tell them, what's your shout-out? What's your statement? And then if you have a design, give it to me. Then I'll give the, the sample mock-up, send it to them, and th that's where they um, show it in their own online shop, and then that's where they get their orders. So lesser fuss of like the going around. Logistics-wise, I also have like uh, some, some partners to deliver uh, most of the items. So I'm curious to know, uh, what is your vision forward now? Uh, you're based in the Philippines. What is your vision for your life, your travels, your business, and more in the next few years and beyond, Maria? Uh, honestly, when I saw you and, and when I was like looking at your, your vlogs, I got a bit more inspired. There's something like 
uh, like like ding, I, I felt that I want to do that also. I want to travel and, and those things. And because what I do, I do design. The, the, the marketing, you can do online. You can design, you can do online. Everything else, um, you can just call somebody to deliver whatever you want. So for me, the, for the business, I, just, I still want to help people who want to start up. The next step maybe is to um, uh, be a consultant for, for, for startup start who wants uh, to have their own business, small business or market uh, manufacturing uh, shirts and all. But uh, for now, I really want to have more time with my daughter. She's homeschooling. And um, maybe that's another reason why I decided to stay to do business at home to to make her feel that um, I'm always there and whenever wherever I go she will go with me so that's that's something that like seeing people doing things uh, outside anywhere like you like most of the people that you've interviewed inspires us also because sometimes um, like us we're, we're usually traditional entrepreneurs then creative entrepreneurs then all of a sudden, maybe I will join the the group of digital nomads already. Yes, I've, I've definitely gone through that journey from uh, working in a cubicle. I was working in a bank as a bank teller. Then I went into entrepreneurship, running. It's so inspiring. And then from being an entrepreneur, then I became an internet marketer, uh, working online. And then finally, I was like, okay, working online, and now let's start trying it as a digital nomad. But not only for myself, let's try it with my wife. <laughs> and of course, there'd be a lot of challenges, financial challenges. Uh, you know, you mentioned schooling, like figure out how to school our kids, world schooling, homeschooling, uh, unschooling, yeah. learning the schooling side of things. And of course, like living in different countries and cultures, the, the language, and uh, uh, a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges. Uh, I, 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 yes. I love covering the whole area of education, especially for parents. Because as, as a mom, as a dad, this is our big passion to educate our kids and equip them for the future, right? So you've chosen a very yeah. good of homeschooling. Yeah. I know in the Philippines, it's not as common as it is maybe in Europe or North America. So how does it work with homeschooling in the Philippines? Uh, tell us about uh, what you need, what are the requirements, and how does it work? Well, basically, I start, uh, initially, my daughter is uh, doing regular school, but uh, because I, I brought her from the Middle East to the Philippines, so the transition is a bit difficult for her. So when I, when I, I saw some of my friends who are also doing freelancing and um, doing entrepreneurship, and, and their kids are with them, and they're very bright, they're very articulate, they're, they're, they're like doing well. I was like, hey, where, where are they studying? And they said, no, they're homeschooled. So I, I was a bit uh, interested, I got a bit interested, and then I went to a provider, and I asked them how I can homeschool my daughter. So I got a homeschool provider now, and at, for now, it's guiding me to, to help my daughter. Maybe we're not as disciplined as the others, but the the hope of uh, because she's now very she's uh, she's nine she's very good in Photoshop she's very, very good in art she's very good in music so I'm trying to focus on her skills because uh, I'd rather focus on her skills now because whatever I think uh, she needs 
she'll uh, she'll get it uh, from the from the stuff that the provider will give us, uh, and then I'll be the one guiding her. So it's very difficult in the Philippines to not really convince, but to explain homeschool concept to others because they're thinking that homeschooling is not schooling. <laughs> for me, uh, I think it's uh, for me whatever floats your boat. If it it works for us, then I think that that's something that we should continue because my daughter is very good now. She's very articulate and she goes uh, wherever I go. If I need to go to a place or she can learn something, I bring her along. So I think that's far more important than sitting in school, sitting still, and then listening to uh, 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 something that you have to memorize her stuff. When you, you, you ask my daughter, what is stereotype? She will answer you the meaning of stereotypes. She, she will tell you, I'll tell her, what is God? What is karma? At seven year old, I, I told her, what is karma? Oh, mom, karma is something that uh, if you do good, others, good will go back to you, come back to you. If you do bad, well, expect bad things to happen to you. I was like, she's seven years old and she's like practical stuff that uh, maybe parents will teach. But this is, I'm happy knowing that my kid, my daughter, is good, a good girl. Uh, she can express herself. And there's no pressure of performing better than the other because for her, she has to perform uh, or she has to do good because she, for her, she needs to be good because she needs to, she needs to do well because she needs to learn. And because when she goes to outside world, how can she explain herself or stuff? So that's how I felt homeschool helped me. Uh, time with my kid, and I was able to develop her creative side. That's awesome. That's awesome. And definitely uh, schooling can stump or destroy creativity. There's actually a great video on this, by the way, by uh, uh, TED Talks, and they talk about how uh, schooling destroys creativity um, in terms of the traditional classroom schooling. You know, uh, for me, I was definitely uh, traditionally schooled, uh, no homeschooling whatsoever, and I'm still pretty creative, so I don't want to be too judgmental in terms of there's obviously great benefits to both models and sometimes you need a hybrid you need to put them in school yes yes and you need to obviously yeah hybrid the first teachers are the parents right so we need to be involved and active and teaching them at home and then uh, of course you can do uh, world schooling and uh, self-directed learning and kind of uh, it's more of a holistic educational model rather than saying okay send them to school and Teach let them, them together so uh, one of the questions I have for you is because you're such a passionate entrepreneur, not only yourself, but you're so passionate about you know, providing co-working space, uh, women's collective, inspiring and equipping other entrepreneurs, what advice would you have for someone who's maybe still in a nine to five corporate job and they want to move, move uh, to entrepreneurship? What advice, tips, wisdom will you give to that person? Well, first is find your passion, find your why. If you're able to find your passion, it will be easy to overcome all the trials that you face. Because for me, my, my why is my kids, how I will prepare for them, and how I can do my, my work uh, using whatever skill or passion that I possess. So for me, uh, passion uh, plus purpose is uh, giving you like an idea 
to get something that will be sustainable. So it will be profitable for you if you're doing something that you like. And at the same time, you're passionate about it and you have your reasons why you want the, the, the thing to, or the idea to go on. So for me, um, just focus on whatever you believe in and on your skill. Uh, try to uh, give yourself like uh, workshops or enhance your, 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 some of the learnings that you've learned before. Maybe unschool a little because sometimes we're so focus on what we know that we don't want to unlearn them and know the latest. So um, that happened to me. I was very specific with some things, but realizing that it doesn't apply now, I have to unschool myself and learn the new ways so that, correct, you have to like fuse them together in order for you to, to find a better option for yourself. Also, for me, I think always have this heart for... for for your use your heart to decide things. Never, not never. It's it's more of like if you feel like uh, it will make you happy or it will it will create like a positive um, vibe in your family. Then go for it uh, instead of like work, work, work. Uh, save, 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 and then at the end you'll be so unhealthy that you don't have time to travel anymore. So balance, balance life and be more like uh, resilient. Filipinos are like that. Try to like go, uh, if uh, the, there's a problem, obviously there's a solution. Great wisdom, great wisdom. Uh, so in conclusion here, Maria, if people want to connect with you, maybe uh, pick your brain about entrepreneurship, maybe visit uh, your co-working space if they're in the Manila area, and uh, maybe order one of your shirts, and uh, just connect and learn more from you, how can they do that? Well, they can go to Brown Roots uh, PH uh, Facebook, or in my Facebook, Maria Celia Alamo, and uh, they can ask me anything. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I know everything, but maybe uh, the experience and the stories uh, can somehow help you decide if you want to really jump into creative entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship instead of um, working nine to five. Another thing is that you can also meet, I'm, I'm always around, so I always go to, to women's group uh, meetups this August 15, we will have something for connected women. Um, maybe I'll put invitation in my Facebook page. Uh, those are the areas that they can uh, find me. Facebook, basically, and Instagram. Look for brown roots. Nice and easy, nice and easy. I'll have those links below. So if you're watching this on YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube description. If you're listening to this on iTunes or one of the podcast directories, they'll be right in the show notes. So Maria, I uh, just wanted to uh, give you a big salamat or sheshe uh, for being on the show here today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you for the opportunity. It was really uh, a good opportunity for you to meet you and uh, to also share the stage with you last time at the Filipino over uh, at the expo and um, 
hopefully uh, we meet again and we can spread more good vibes to other people and continue to be an inspiration. <laughs> Yes, we will definitely do that. And uh, by the way, uh, Maria was referring to the Overseas Filipino Expo. We actually had a chance to interview uh, the founders of that one, uh, Raymond and Anne. And I'll have those links below so you can uh, find out more about that uh, expo. And also we uh, interviewed a couple of the other speakers as well. So uh, Maria, yeah, we'll definitely connect because I'll be heading back to Manila in about a couple of weeks to uh, do some speaking engagements there. I'll be speaking at... Uh, uh, Story Nights Manila. So I'll have the, the link to that one, Story Nights Manila. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you again when we get to the Philippines. So thanks again for being on our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks uh, to everyone who's tuning in uh, live here on YouTube and also on our podcast. Uh, uh, definitely connect with Maria. Uh, once again, I'll just link below. Connect with us as well, daddyblogger.com, and of course, digitalnomadmastery.com too. And if you're interested in being on a show, we're always looking for new guests. And if you have any recommendations, uh, definitely send them my way as well. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travel.